Well, good morning from Smithers BC. We have made it after that huge drive yesterday. We caught up with our friend Kimberly and went out last night with some of her friends for a few drinks. But we've just come down to Smithers and it's gay day. <laughs> they knew we were coming to town, they set this all up for us. Who would have thought that Smithers it was going to have a gay day. If I knew, I would have um, brought all my proper outfit, but no. This beast will do. This will do. So it's a very beautiful town, surrounded by these beautiful mountains all behind us. Just the backdrop is absolutely sensational. So we're going to show you around today. We've got a few ideas where to take you and have a look around, but fresh air, mountain air, it's always good for one's soul. So we'll talk back um, shortly. <laughs> So Kim, say hello Kim, known her since many many years. So she's our tour guide in Smithers, she's just taken us to the local coffee shop. Looks pretty impressive, going to have another coffee in a moment. Spin the camera around, so there's downtown Smithers. It's a little gay day parade here going on, which is fantastic for a small town. Swing it around for you, look at that. Look at those mountains. What a beautiful town this is. Reminds me of uh, much of um, Queenstown. It's got that New Zealand feeling with the mountains around it. Yeah. Even got a rainbow crossing. How cool is that? Welcome back to I'm New Here, the podcast about the people of the Bulkley Valley. And I just want to be clear. This isn't just a podcast for people from the Bulkley Valley, by the way. It's my podcast to the rest of the world from the Bulkley Valley. Do you ever get that where you say a word too many times and then it starts to lose all meaning to you? Bulkley Valley is starting to do that to me. You see, I moved to Northern BC in February of 2020 from London, Ontario. I lived in Ontario my entire life, like the whole time. Grew up in Strathroy, or as some backwards cap wearing, neon pink, you mad bro, sporting monster, energy drink guzzling dude once called it, Strath Vegas. I don't know why that town nickname caught on the way it did. We had a perfectly good one before that. It was, no, not Stratford, Strathroy. But I came to the valley with one suitcase and my cat in tow, ready to be a BCer. I was going to learn to ski, snowshoe, bake bread, hobnob with the locals and drink delicious beer. Beer. Something I didn't plan to encounter in a remote community in northern British Columbia, though? A naughty tantalizing and near nude burlesque display at a friend's 50th birthday party <laughs> okay let's start with name thank and you how um thank how you. long you've lived in the valley okay then also you can include if you left okay and came back why that i can do okay um i go by river i go actually by my persona name uh, which is River Wild. I also go by the name Brady, which is my given last name. Um, I grew up in the Kispiox Valley. Uh, phew, wow, 1976, born and raised. Uh, lived there till I was 15. Teen angst helped move me away. <laughs> and then I was in Victoria for 26 years, um, where you, where I went away to make a family and make my own life, so Western of me, and then realized, what am I doing? Because every time I came back to visit, I just loved it, and people were so kind, and um, the more I came back, the more I wanted to stay, and as I got older, I was like, this isn't my life that I thought I was making, isn't what I thought. Uh, so probably about five years ago, I followed my sister back up here. 
my sister Megan and fell in love because I fell in love with CICK uh, and found my community. So I ended up here. Here they are, River Wild. When I was first introduced to River, they were this magnetic, funny, warm person that I immediately felt weirdly intimidated by. Not that they said or did anything to make me feel that way. I was just so impressed at their confidence in living silly and displaying extroverted tendencies, yet had this quiet calmness to them that was, well, as I said, pretty Buckley Valley King magnetic. And then, as I mentioned, I saw them perform burlesque and I almost lost my voice laughing and hooting for more. So coming back up north, while there was these kindness of people and this love, there was a sense of loss of this other identity that I'd spent 26 years creating um, and really thriving at, I felt like, in Victoria and a certain identity around queerness, around um, gender, uh, around political, um, philosophical um, kind of views. And so when I came back, there was this sense of people thinking they kind of knew me because they had known me for so many years prior or visited me for a few hours every year when I would come back for holidays. But there wasn't a sense for me of familiarity with them. I didn't talk like them. I didn't think like them. So there was always these internal dialogues where I would just be smiling and nodding, but really wanting to say this, this, and that. Mm -hmm. And so when I found CICK, I got to just be authentic. I feel definitely that I was part of kind of a wave that I think is still in motion, um, that I kind of came in and brought a different realm of... I don't know, a sexuality. Like, I definitely, um, I've always been a very sensual human, always, like from a very young age, inappropriately so. Um, and so when I finally got to be older and got to find ways of owning that, making it my own, not feeling like I was being oppressed by it, um, but got to play with it, then it became my mission and always was, even previous, was I want everybody to be able to enjoy sensualness and pleasure and expression. Um, of that. So when I got up here and found these kind of friends and just got to be myself, I was like, I want to be able to have other people also feel comfortable and not feel scared. Because I'm not afraid to put myself out and be vulnerable. Because I did. I, I put myself at risk in this community by being that. Like there is not the same way to be able to hide like you can in the city. Mm-hmm. Where here I'm very exposed literally <laughs> so um, so there is a sense of confidence and calmness and respect that I have to have for myself around it that I then relay as a kind of a ripple effect to other people around me I, I love this so much I had a very similar experience of growing up as a perverted kid in a small town feeling super out of place, but wanting my people to see through my normalness and take me aside and say, you might be able to fool them, but you can't fool us. I loved dancing and acting from a very young age, so musicals were a huge component. Um, I've seen you do karaoke. Yeah, right, yeah. I just just love that. I love playing characters and being characters. Um, And then there's also been this private life where I've been so sensual, Um, I identify as a polyamorous, so I have multiple um, loves and relationships. Um, My biggest influence, (laughs) which gives you an idea of sexuality and philosophy, is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, Watching that at a young age, 
um, I just assumed that's how the world should be. And we all should be able to be that fluid and expression. Madonna's Truth and Dare, another example of a time that was right when things were being visual and being able to be like, it's okay to kiss other um, people of the same sex. Um, so those were kind of that influence right at a really pinnacle point. It didn't go well in the town in Hazleton. It didn't. I didn't do well. well <laughs> how were you displaying that? Um, I just didn't know not to. I just didn't know. I've just always, so when you say has it always been there, I've just always been sensual. I've always been somebody that feels pleasure by bringing other people pleasure, whether through flirting and having them feel that attention and receiving that attention. Um, I grew up wanting to be a stripper and dancer. Like, I didn't know these were bad things, which is, you know, kind of nice that I had this naivety of, ooh, I could be naked and dance and be sexual. And then being, you know, later on in your teens, early 20s, being shamed, being like, don't do that, this is horrible. Then going back to the school of social work, reacquainting myself with oppression and feminism principles, um, and then looking at other communities and being like, oh, other people are expressing themselves as I did in isolation in many ways, now very openly. So then I found this, like, I could do this still be able to be seen as a professional, quote-unquote, I'm giving air quotations here, <laughs> um, and still be able to strip and be able to play these games and have fun because yeah. life is short. So pleasure is a big thing for me. Yeah. So prior to burlesque, like other people, I was just very influenced and just continually inundated by media pictures of what beauty is and what is considered sexually good <laughs> or desirable and while I had lots of those traits so I was blessed that way there were also parts of me that were maybe didn't fit that mold and so when I got into burlesque and I was witnessing burlesque and seeing all different types of bodies and ages um, and like, ways of expressing and costuming um, but in a way that was still this such confidence and sensuality that I wanted more of that. So to me, just burlesque in the sense of these are not atypical beauties. They maybe are shorter. They maybe have, you know, quote unquote frumpier. They're bigger. They're smaller. They're taller. They're, they're not the ones that you're going to see in a magazine. And they were just alive on stage. So that was a big thing. It was the first six months of me battling my own internalized oppression um, around what is beauty with what I was seeing. That all of a sudden made me go, what is sexy? What is it that is making people be attracted to people? And then I realized, oh, it's, it's confidence. It's feeling good inside. As humans, we want to feel good. We want people around us to feel good. And if we're watching people feel good, that makes us sit in that comfort and desire that. And that's what's the most attractive. And why burlesque is so powerful to me is breaking your own ideas of, of beauty, of sexuality, of even just humor, of just entertainment factors of weirdness. River Wild is definitely a part of me, but also a persona, very much a persona. Um, in the sense of my actual me is way more of a slutty, horny, foul-mouthed, dirty bird. Same. Right? Like, I, I joke that I'm, like, the 13-year-old boy. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that. I'm like, hey, this is so much fun and gross. And then River 
is her title is the professional perverted prude so she is a truly a lady um her growing up kind of in the 1940s she's influenced by the 1980s and then obviously even to the modern kind of era as well but very much rooted in this 1940s of you treat me like a lady you open doors for me you carry things for me you don't swear you're going to be so respectful of me um, and yet I'm going to tease you in, in that. So when I'm up on stage um, and when I'm in River, I am River. So from the moment I wake up that morning, I am bringing in that energy and that character. Um, so wearing the clothes I wear, what I surround myself with, um, Especially at the beginning when I first was doing this, I really had to delve into it. Um, now I can kind of throw it in a little bit later on and might smoke a bit of weed once in a while <laughs> beforehand. But again, there was this time of like River would never do that. So don't ever do anything River wouldn't do. And there was quite a list of things um, that River would or wouldn't do. And so when I'm up on stage, I am River. I really am. And yet also so present and cognizant of the audience and I feel like I'm breathing with them we're breathing together there is that sense of I need to remain calm I need to remain in my body of comfort because that will relate to you so having fun when mistakes happen mm -hmm. that was my biggest gift I gave to myself as a performer because things would go wrong I just am I'm just not a person that practices enough yeah. right so things mess up and so then it's like hey how do I have fun with this and that's where that clowning element comes in burlesque is really about juxtaposition that idea of there's conflict so that how you talked about those two kind of where are you feeling what are you feeling battle I love to hear that mm -hmm. because truthfully that was what I was trying to do in particular with that piece is take elements that don't necessarily go together and be like let's try to put these together and see how people react to that because there is going to be a level of discomfort for people because they're going to be being like how do I react and so I'm glad that yeah. <laughs> that that worked I just I always loved games I always loved being the one like I'm just that person I am controlling I was the one that had the birthday party and I was we did a play for the birthday party and I was the princess and the prince <laughs> <laughs> There's a certain kind of campiness to it as well, right? So she's a polite bitch. She's, again, there's those juxtapositions of I'm taking my clothes off, but oh yeah, I'm wearing gloves and a scarf and a hat because my skin is so precious. It shouldn't be touched by air. You know, like <laughs> those kind of things. But meanwhile, I'm going to now tassel twirl and now I'm going to crawl on the floor. You know, like those kind of ideas of making the things kind of clash in, in a fun way is where I really have fun. I feel there is still a lot of shame around sexuality and in particular um, women acting and engaging in sexual paralysis, whatever the word is again. But yeah, that sexual expression. And I feel like almost if anything, it's more with, with the women, local women. And again, we're I can't hold that against people because that's what we've been trained. We've been trained to oppress ourselves. As women, as I said, my biggest battle with burlesque was myself. I was my worst enemy. I could see and, and support everybody else around me and be like, yay, cheer, cheer, cheer on. My own internal dialogue when I first started burlesquing, like, yeah, I'm preaching love your body. Meanwhile, I'm duct taping every piece of softness into my, you know, hiding everything I possibly can. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in a change room and I look over 
and I see one of my um, cohorts and she's pulling out her muffin top. She's fluffing it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Meanwhile, I've, I've literally duct taped it down. And she's like, it's sexy. And I'm like, what? Oh, of course for you, that's sexy, interesting. Meanwhile, I'm looking over another girl who I think is just perfection and flawless. And she's like, oh, look at the cellulite. Oh, it's so horrible, talking about herself. And I'm like, oh, is that what all that lumpy thing is? I have legs like that, but it never bothers me. So again, going, oh, wait, what you're finding gross, I didn't even know I should even be <laughs> upset about. But again, all these messages of women oppressing ourselves, and then you can't help but relay that oppression onto others. Mm -hmm. Has River Wild ever not been able to dominate an audience? No. Yes, one performance, but that was my own doing. My one performance, huge stage, Rio Theatre in Vancouver, um, I was so new. I was so new again, worst enemy. I had just won this competition cross province BC. I was in the top 12. I was, what am I doing? I felt like I was a fraud. Like somebody's gonna find out that I'm no good. And I'm here and out back and with all these city people and they all knew each other and I'm just so confused. And I get onto a stage and it's this huge stage and there's, there's like 10 feet between me and the audience and the audience is in the black so I can't even see them. So I'm just up there alone and my zipper won't come undone. And I, I just lost it. I couldn't stay in character. I couldn't hide my fear, my terror, and I ache thinking of what that audience was going through because they must have just ugh, felt so sick to their stomach watching me struggle up there. Yeah. Uh, after that, I promised I would only have fun. Like, if I needed to, we would go with it and just go crazy. And I do eventually, in that performance, eventually try to save it, but it was too late. The damage was done. They felt unsafe. Yeah. You have to keep people feeling safe for them to be able to express themselves and to receive that joy. We'll continue with River in a little bit, but they possess a spirit that I find to be a similarity in people I've met from the Valley. They know what they like, they thought the Valley might be too small for their pursuits, but then they find their way back because the community needs people like them. Someone who I think has a similar spirit to River is my next guest, Craig Stewart. Sure. Name uh, is Craig Stewart. I've been in Smithers three separate times. Uh, the first time is as a summer student from... Uh, geology school in 1979, and I loved Smithers at the time. It was only for a night. But we checked out the Chocolate Moose, which was really cool, and hiked up Hudson Bay Mountain, my first uh, look at Hudson Bay Mountain. And then the second time was in 1986, after I came back from traveling in Australia, and I ended up, I was consulting uh, as a geologist then, and I ended up working on Dome Mountain, for two weeks and ended up staying here for over a year, or there, and Smithers for over a year working on the backside of Hudson Bay Mountain and a whole bunch of mining projects and consulting and whatnot. And then it was back down to Vancouver and then back up I got a job, I switched careers to be a geologist with the Ministry of Environment in 1991 and uh, came to Smithers in January of that year and have been there ever since. I met Craig when I failed horribly at snowboarding. I took a ski lesson, and my instructor was a man with icy blue eyes and crow's feet from smiling and looking at the sun. We began with the regular get-to-know-you chatter when I found out he used to work for the Ministry of Environment, but left because it didn't make him happy. At one point, it felt right, but now he taught yoga and skiing to flatlanders and noobs alike, of which I belong to both categories. This is Craig. 
uh, I said I'd had enough, and it had changed in a way that wasn't sitting well with me, so I thought, okay, it's time not to be here anymore. That just told me that I was in the wrong place at that time. So things had changed enough that I just wasn't comfortable being doing what I was being asked to do. Mm-hmm. And decided that, you know, I, I spent a long time there, and for the most part it was a phenomenal career, and I was ready for new stuff. I was ready for change, and uh, there's a few things that were a catalyst. And, uh, yeah, it was fine. So I decided, and I left very quickly, and and have had not a single day of regret. Yeah, that, that summer I took my yoga teacher's training down in Salt Spring Island. Mm-hmm. And well, I had no intentions on teaching at all, and it was just for self-improvement. And uh, so I spent a couple months down there, which was phenomenal. Met great people, and uh, yeah, and it was because of that and, and feedback that I was getting from uh, the instructors and other students that oh, maybe I should give it a whirl. So I enlisted uh, a bunch of very good friends in Smithers that I could test out a, a ten-week kind of practice session to see if I could actually do this and, and get some feedback from them. And uh, yeah, we had fun. It was good. I really enjoyed it. And then I, I taught on my own a bit. And I taught at Full Circle Studio with uh, Philippa uh, for a while. I did the men's class uh, for two years. Um, and really enjoyed it. At the same time, I took my level one ski instructor's ticket and started working at Hudson Bay Mountain. And uh, that was easier because I, it was much more flexible for me and I, and I never have the same students maybe from year to year but usually not in the same year mm-hmm. so it was different they're more one-off classes as opposed to building uh, with the same group or, or close to the same group over a long period of time so for me it, it was a better fit in terms of time management um, but I love them both and uh, yes yeah, so I taught there for four years Craig and I agreed that Smithers had this air about it, that it was a good place to come and pursue your dreams. Oh, very much so. And if you look at lots of the people who have um, careers there, they, they often don't work full-time. And they're pursuing other other life passions and interests and whatnot. So, yeah, I would say it does. If, if, you, if you wish to do that, it definitely is a great place to base yourself out of. A question I'd like to ask each of my guests is, what would you tell a new person to Smithers that they have to do? Cool. Uh, well, I often don't tell people <laughs> what they what they should do because you know everybody's so different. And what I like, I never like to assume that they might like it too. But if they ask me, and I, I would say, well, what do you like to do? And depending on that answer, um, you know, I'm geared to outdoor life and things, so I would certainly direct them to snowshoeing or cross country skiing or downhill skiing in the winter. Um, or just, you know, even going for a wander on Taiyi Lake when it's frozen. I hike a lot on my own, bike a lot, and do a lot of things on my own. And very comfortable, very, it, I find it very calm, very peaceful. Um, so, yeah, for me, certainly, uh, I get that. And I think that's why I've been so comfortable for so many years in the town. Uh, it's just a very, to me, a very relaxing place to live. Uh, I don't need a lot of shopping. I don't need a lot of up in the city um and i don't need it i don't want it um so i, I love the the small town uh, i hate to use the word vibe but i will vibe. <laughs> and you know where you walk down the street and you know people i mean you could you, you you walk down main street and you know lots of people by name and and you know them when you go into restaurants it's just it's just really comforting and nice and 
and uh, you can build really good friendships. And uh, I play a lot of sports there, so you meet a lot of people through that. And there's all sorts of sporting activities for teams. And so yeah, so it's a real there's a real opportunity if you choose to take it to to meet a lot of people. But it's also extremely conducive to just hanging out on your own and enjoying peace and solitude and a little less less of a hectic lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think it caters. I think it caters to pretty much all. And and why I don't know. I think it's just um, you know some places just have a certain energy that tend to perhaps collect people. Um, to and entice them to put down roots. Maybe it's just luck in terms of you know opportunities and, and but you know um, I think if you get if you get an energy if you start with a nucleus that's that's very um, engaging, rewarding, uh, supportive. I think that attracts more of that same type. Craig is currently living in Germany with his lady friend that he met while biking in Europe. He left early enough in 2020 when Germany was still letting Canadians travel there. I look forward to him coming back and showing him how far I've come on my skis since our first lesson. On the next episode of I'm New Here. And so did he sponsor you to come to Canada? (laughs) So you did, so you got caught. Thanks for listening to I'm New Here, Episode 2. Big thanks to River and Craig for your candor and for humoring me with questions that sometimes went nowhere. Is there anything that you find that's statistically unique about this area? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> is, that, is, that any, is that any different? You're 100% better? All right, there we go. Okay. So, I'm ready. You look... You look good. I'm looking good. You're looking good. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so can we start off with uh, uh, just some introduction of yourself? Oh, Lord. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm New Here is a production of Hassan Pod. This podcast is funded by the Bulkley Valley Arts Council. This episode features music by Makai Beats, and the intro was a clip from the YouTube travel show, Dave, Pat, and a Map. You can go there to check out their full Northern BC episode. Thanks to CACK Smithers Community Radio for playing this show. Each episode of I'm New Here can be found wherever you get your podcasts and on hassanpod.com. Thanks for listening.